The upcoming American Revolution podcast figures that the American people will eventually fight their federal government. This is as the federal government attempts to change the relationship between the American people and the government that they presumably own. But today we're going to jump ahead. We're going to answer the question that we've all been waiting for. We're going to answer the question that this whole podcast is based upon. And that is, who would actually win in a conflict between the people and the federal government? Welcome to the Upcoming Revolution Podcast, the most important podcast of our lives and times. I am your host, Kali. Here in this podcast, we discuss the who, what, where, why, and how of America's next civil uprising. All right, today we're going to give you the no-nonsense answer on who would win between the people, as defined in the U.S. Constitution, and the federal government. And instead of jumping around, jumping into conclusions, and having you wait to hear the answer, I'm just going to give it to you up front. And the answer shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, but we're going to break down some of that today. It's apparent that the American people would win, and the American people are going to win. Now, when I say that, it should be clear that I'm not talking about all the American people. A lot of people are going to be picking sides. It's not all the American people believe one thing and they're all going to fight the federal government. No, it's going to be factions and people believe certain things fighting against the federal government and those people who support the federal government. In previous episodes, we called them the government sphere and the people sphere. Many people will pick sides based on their experience and their beliefs. But in the end, none of that matters. And here's why. It's only the people who fight who decide the winners. It's not going to be about the people who have beliefs and sit inside and do nothing. It's about the people who fight, who are willing to risk it. The people who are willing to attack targets and do things, take actions that decide who's going to win this. Generally speaking. I kind of lean towards the Pareto Principle. You may have heard that as the 80-20 rule. It's always 20% of the people who will take 80% of actions, or you, you've heard it in many ways, but the Pareto Principle, you can look it up. And obviously, 20% of the people can decide what's going to happen to the other 80%, because those 80% aren't involved. They're not doing anything. They're not taking any action. Look at it another way. Neither in America's revolution against the British and America's Civil War did everyone fight. That's not a thing. We only have to be concerned with the number of potential combatants. In the classic board game Risk, all the players are tasked with building armies and taking over this simulated world landscape. As they grow their armies, eventually they fight and take over other opponents' territories. Inevitably, one player grows beyond his ability to defend his territories from too many directions and begins to lose his empire. In effect, a player risks his entire empire by growing too large too fast and losing his ability to hold and to secure his property. You can look at the U.S. government as a whole and notice that it's doing the same thing. It is large and has a lot of jurisdiction, a lot of area that it claims as its own. There are too many directions that will need to be defended from attacks. There are thousands of federal buildings. There are millions of federal employees. There are so many federal resources, in fact, that 
The federal government doesn't even know how many resources it has. There are too many to catalog. It would be nearly impossible to provide security for each one of them. We're not attacking our federal government because we don't feel the need to. It hasn't been bothering most of us. But as it attempts to change the relationship with the people, it's starting to attack most of us. It's starting to claim our property as its own. More people are having heartache with the government that is supposed to work on their behalf. As the federal government becomes more aggressive, more people will defend themselves from the federal government. They will become more aggressive also. The federal government has a serious task because every vehicle, every federal vehicle, every building, every federal employee can be made into a target by those who would fight the federal government. And in a conflict, there's no reason to believe that every federal resource tied to the federal government can get attacked. That will in turn require the government to investigate, maybe respond to, or ignore attacks. There are federal resources in every state, in every city, in every municipality. For the federal government to have any impact, it must work closely and cooperatively with local and state law enforcement agencies. So what this eventually comes down to is a numbers game. So let's break down the numbers a little bit. When you look at the federal government, there are more than 4 million federal employees. That seems daunting, but it's really not, because when you look at it, there's only about 250,000 or so competent law enforcement officers or gun toters. The rest are office people, IRS, back office folks that do not operate firearms. They can be made targets, but they cannot defend themselves. They need to be defended by someone else. And many of the law enforcement officers are agencies like DEA, ATF, TSA, or the FBI. They all have really specific functions. You may not recognize this, but because of the Second Amendment, the citizenry are far more and far better armed than the federal government. And to top it off, there are far more people that can use firearms than the federal government has. If you take that 250,000, look at the number of people who have firearms that may or could decide to fight the federal government. And obviously, the federal government would be outmatched man for man. But let's break down some numbers on this. The United States is composed of about 300 million people. Realistically, again, I go to the Pareto Principle or the 80-20 rule, let's say only 20% of that 300 million were opposed to the federal government. That would be about 60 million. If you leave out all those extra people because of their political beliefs, because of their age, they have no will to fight the federal government, or they have no opportunity to do so. Even if you broke that down and said 3%, which is the number historically represented as the percentage of colonists who fought against the British during the Revolutionary War, that is still a massive number. Law enforcement would not be able to put itself in the locations that it would need to defend itself from that number of people. Let's say most of the local state jurisdictions and their law enforcement were to help the feds. That's only about 1.5 million. Let's just round it up to 2 million law enforcement personnel. You take out the ones who are not going to help the feds. Many local police do not agree with federal government and they would not help break the civil rights of civilians. Then you also have to note that not all of those police are working 24 hours a day. 
So it's not realistic that you'll have 1.5 million or 2 million law enforcement officers to respond whenever something happens. Then if you also include that some of those are patriots and they'll never have anything to do with the federal government fighting against the citizens, that also lowers the number of potential federal resources. All right, it should be obvious, but law enforcement cannot be everywhere. They respond to incidents. As you should already understand, based on how crime occurs every day in our country, the police arrive at locations after something has occurred or after something has been reported. So in a civil conflict, police are also going to be responding after attacks have been made against the federal government. They won't be in a position to stop every attack against the federal government. They can't be there at all times. They can't provide security to every resource or every federal employee. And it should also be obvious that if they were at a location of a federal building, people may not attack that building while they're there. They'll wait till later when it is not defended. So yes, in that future conflict with Americans, the number of potential combatants could be as high as 300 million, but there are 140 million gun owners and government does not have the resources to beat the number of people who can fight it. Government depends on consent of the governed. Once consent of the governed is gone, every government in the United States will need more police officers to enforce their rules. Without enforcement of those rules, the rules are moot. They're unenforceable. Now, I spoke about the 3% movement, and that is based on the belief that there was only about 3% of the colonial population that fought and forced the British out of what would become the United States during America's Revolutionary War. Statistically, it's not certain if this is accurate, but the point of this movement serves as a reminder that there will be a conflict and that there will be a group of Americans willing to fight government no matter what you do. Now, let's answer a basic question. Can three people direct the course of 97 people? Can three people or 3% change the course of 97% or 97 people out of that 100%? And the answer is obviously yes. Let's break that number down. Even in a population of 100 people, if you had 7% were police officers or law enforcement, there should be little doubt that 3% can do damage to that 7% of people. They have the offensive. They have the element of surprise. They get to choose when they fight. The answer is absolutely yes. 3% of the American population must never be ignored. And the larger the conflict goes on and the longer the conflict goes on, more combatants will be created and the younger combatants will become more violent and dedicated to victory. There should be no doubt that 3% of a population fighting government will increase over time. And as those numbers increase, the government's odds of survival decrease. Eventually, it will become financially and socially more logical for the government to surrender and solidify its political survival than to continue fighting. It is not only those who take direct action to counter government, it's those who support the movement. Those who have information but aren't willing to assist government that pose a threat to government itself. And government will not know how to deal with those people except for by using force to attempt to lock them up, to hide them away, to get the information they know to the government. Unfortunately, doing that makes more people hate the government. The government is in a losing position. It must work through consent as opposed to working through force when dealing with people who are trying to minimize the power of government. Now, we talked about 3% that might fight government, but let's talk about another number. 
Throughout human nature, one thing is proven certain, that there are about 15% of the people who will never comply with controls placed upon them. Whether they are criminals or people who just don't want to do whatever government wants them to do. Even in communist countries, there are always 15% of the people who will never do what the government makes them do. The government is only left with a couple of choices. One is to lock them up and the other is to kill them. It's kind of hard to lock up 15% of the people, especially when you don't know that they are the ones that, that need to be locked up. But it's been done before. Several dictatorships have killed 15% of their people, whether we're talking about Iraq under Saddam Hussein, talking about the Soviet Union, talking about China, or any other dictatorship. Pol Pot, North Korea, Vietnam, communist governments, and other dictatorships have killed far more than 15% of their people to enforce their power. Will that happen in the United States? It's not likely any time in our lifetimes, but it's possible if the government were to ignore the Constitution. We all hate to think about it. None of us really see it. But you can never say never. Now, it should be apparent that in any battle between the government and the people, federal law enforcement will be grossly outnumbered. And even though we're talking about dictatorships and what they have done to their people, there is one outlier that cannot be ignored, and that's the Second Amendment. Within the United States, Americans have guns, and if government were to start collecting up 15% of the people, not only would those people be armed, but other people who do not like what they see happening would also get themselves involved. Government does not have the power to do what most dictatorships have done in the past, and let's hope it stays that way. So in the end, government does not have enough resources to win an armed revolution against Americans. The federal government will quickly become overextended, and it will become quickly apparent that the federal government will rely upon the states and local governments for its defense and its survival. The longer a conflict continues, the more states and jurisdictions will withdraw their resources from assisting the federal government. The federal government cannot sustain a conflict over generations against the American people. The more hostile it becomes to the American people, the more violent it must become. The more violent it becomes, the more hostile the civilians will become with the federal government. Can you imagine an America where the population takes shots at federal resources, where as federal police are standing outside of buildings, Americans start shooting at them? Can you imagine people shooting at IRS employees in IRS facilities? Can you imagine hiring law enforcement people when those law enforcement people know that people are going to shoot at them merely because they're law enforcement? Imagine a country in which it is not considered patriotic to work for the government, when the government appears to be a tyrant and no one wants to work for it. And it becomes dangerous to work for the federal government because people keep on shooting at federal employees and trying to kill them. No, the federal government does not have a hope of winning a civil conflict with the American people. All right, I make this podcast because I am a patriot, I fear tyranny, and I love freedom and liberty. If you are the same, leave me a question, suggestion, or comment. It all helps this podcast grow, and honestly, at this point, every episode is getting better. I hope you stick with me so we can discuss, evaluate, and prepare for America's upcoming revolution. Keep the faith and prepare for the storm.